Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, it looks like the Inflation Reduction Act might not be reducing inflation anytime soon. Uh, the Congressional Budget Office has scored the bill and found that it will actually dun, 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 add to the federal deficit for the first five years and reduce the deficit through a few things that we need to discuss. Are they uh, budget good math or budget gimmicks? Uh, here's how we're going to break all of that down. Of course, we're going to turn to our inside source, Brian Riedel from the Manhattan Institute. Uh, Brian's a senior fellow there uh, for policy research. And uh, Brian, you've been following this closely uh, and many people kind of howled and moaned and rolled their eyes at the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, but now we know the math. Uh, the Congressional Budget Office is there to force Congress to show their math, and both Democrats and Republicans alike have to show their math. And so what do we really know for sure when it comes to the Inflation Reduction Act now? Well, much of the supposed inflation reduction was supposed to be from deficit reduction, that the taxes would exceed the spending and the reduced deficit would reduce inflation. Well, again, the the CBO first told us that in the first five years, the bill actually increases the deficit by $26 billion. So the whole, the entire argument that this is an, an, an attack to combat short-term inflation through deficit reduction was shown to be completely false. It, it, all the deficit reduction occurs in the final five years. And, you know, the problem with Congress is usually when they when they plan to do all the hard decisions later, when they say the, the real deficit reduction comes in five years or 10 years or 15 years, usually that then ends up getting canceled later. Uh, it's, this is how Congress works. They give you all the candy now and promise to spinach later. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is a very good way to put that, Brian. And, and uh, so let's break down some examples of that. So I, I want to talk uh, first just about some of the things in there and some of these Gimmick things, and again, both sides use gimmicks when it comes to how they count things uh, when it comes to this kind of spending. And so I want to hit that first, then I want to dive into some of the things that you mentioned in terms of this back-end promises that never quite get delivered. So give us some examples in terms of the the gimmick components to this that just don't quite add up. Yeah, there there are several. Um, One of the most clear-cut ones is there's a continued expansion of Obamacare that they – Every time it expires, they keep extending it, and they have it extended for three more years and then stop. Um, If you assume rationally that Congress is not going to let this Obamacare expansion actually end after three years, that's going to add $90 billion to the cost. Additionally, um, there is $122 billion that was achieved with a really fun gimmick. What they did was the president assumed a hundred and a basically they assumed a huge expansion of Medicare and then decided not to do it and then counted the money as savings to spend elsewhere. So a hundred and twenty two billion dollars is is quote saved by canceling an expenditure that was never gonna happen anyway. Um, you know, I, I guess the parallel would be Imagine if you plan to take a $30,000 vacation, and then you decide not to take the $30,000 vacation, and then you decide that you just earned yourself $30,000 to spend on something else. That's essentially what they did with this Medicare gimmick. Uh, And then finally, 
they assume $180 billion can be collected from tax enforcement, from hiring new IRS agents. Whether or not that money actually comes in remains to be seen. That's a ballpark estimate, but a lot depends on what happens there. So between those three gimmicks, the fake expiration with Obamacare, the canceling money that was never going to be spent and pretending it's new money, and tax enforcement, this thing could end up costing money permanently, not just over the first five years. Oh, man. And, and that seems to be the uh, the model nowadays is that you, you say, okay, well, we were going to spend this and we're not going to do it. So that's saving so we can spend here. And, and then you just keep adding and adding and adding. Uh, and that will get real creative, I'm sure, as we go uh, – through September, and uh, we won't even dive into the continuing resolution today because that might make all of us crazy on a Monday. Uh, but I, I do want to get into this thing that you mentioned, Brian, as it relates to, again, this uh, Inflation Reduction Act goes through a 10-year window. That's that's the mm-hmm. modeling. Uh, and so much of it uh, that we've seen over the years, the, the, the quote, savings, uh, are always on the back end. But there's no way for this Congress to bind the next Congress or the next Congress carry it out. And that seems to be the new model in terms of how you can say we're going to do the hard thing and then never have to actually do the hard thing. Yeah, they did this a lot over the last 10 years when Congress passed the Budget Control Act, which was supposed to lead to these big cuts in discretionary spending. And what they would do is each year they would cancel a lot of the cuts in discretionary spending and then pay for it by assuming future cuts in five or ten years that would then in turn get canceled. And they would just do that again and again and again. You cancel the spending today and say, we'll pay for it in five or ten years. But as you point out, Congress can't bind a future Congress. There is nothing to stop Congress when it comes up from canceling that expenditure or those, those savings as well. And they just keep doing this. It's how they can generate headlines for paying for their programs without actually paying for it and without actually cutting the deficit. And this is why, again, the deficit keeps increasing, even as members of Congress brag that they're paying for everything they do. Yeah. And so then finally, just looking at uh, this more broadly, and again, this continual perpetual use of, of budget gimmicks to, to get around hard decisions or honest accounting in terms of what spending will actually do, how are the voters going to see the ramification uh, of this uh, around the kitchen table and in their daily lives? Well, I think the, the Inflation Reduction Act, you know, is they're, they're gonna, they might see higher uh, taxes uh, directly from uh, the actual um, taxes being passed out. Even the taxes on the rich are going to be passed down through corporations to individuals through higher prices, lower wages, and, and, and uh a stock market performing worse. Um, they're going to see the fact that inflation is not falling. In fact, um, inflation might actually slightly rise from this bill. That will affect them. They might feel the higher deficits. And if they get audited, they certainly might feel the knock of the IRS on their door. So ultimately, the Inflation Reduction Act is going is to cost people maybe not as much in direct taxes, but a lot of times in indirect taxes, when we say tax corporations, then the corporation passes the cost on to you through higher prices, lower wages, and lower stock returns. Uh, great insight, as always. Always helping us make sure we can see the real numbers, the real math. Brian Riedel, Senior Fellow at the Manhattan Institute for Policy Research. Uh, Brian, always appreciate your perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks again. 
We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. We're standing by for President Joe Biden. He is expected on the 60th anniversary of John F. Kennedy's moonshot speech. President Biden is going to deliver his own cancer moonshot initiative. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back.